she just died? Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. Sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. A very provocative entry point here, fellas. Well, yeah, I mean, look, RBG, uh, pro-life icon now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important to, you cannot overstate the fact that President Obama rolled up to RBG and was like, okay, I think it's time for you to retire. And she was like, hell no. Hell no. You're not, not getting me retire. out of here. And the and and, and the li- and the libs the libs have just been girl bossing her ever since. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, you know, they made documentaries about her, RBG, notorious RBG, all that bullshit. Oh, her workout routine, you know, and like that's the way that they sort of coped with the fact that she was a selfish old woman who wouldn't, you know, resign. Because the thing is that she had already had she, can- was- she had cancer twice when Obama asked her. I think she got it was a third one that that's you know. really going in. Duncan, well, I mean, because it's she's it's one of the most selfish political moves in the history of America. Yep. Duncan weren't left wing publications saying stop. Stop. Telling- it is sexist. It is sexist to ask her to retire is what they said. It's uh, like absolutely incredible. What an incredible own goal by their yeah. entire movement. Yeah. Good job. I, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Good job. We've done that once before. It was at our live show in D.C. where we, we entered to that. and uh, I mean, it was just a beyond iconic moment. It was I mean, an iconic moment. It's just moment. like the confluence of history in such an incredible way that you've got President Trump there. RBG has just died. Tiny Dancer starts playing. <laughs> It's just, uh, my mind can't comprehend that happened. Uh, we're going to get into all of it. Obviously, this is in reference to the big, big Roe v. Wade uh, decision that came in Friday. Yeah. Uh, we will be talking about it at great length. But, you know, here's the nexus between what we're, we're doing this week. The guy who advanced that trip mm-hmm. is our advanced guy in the great state of Minnesota this week. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Small. Wow. It's... Uh, yeah. I mean, based on this advanced work and, you know, Amanda's been working her ass off on this as well. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. This is going to be an incredible event. I was told uh, today there's like a 200 plus person waiting list for this event. That they have Uh, an overflow shuttle to get people to the venue. Yeah. Yeah. So this could really (laughs) be wild. And if I know my Minnesotans this time of year, like right before the 4th of July, it is like an apex of energy and excitement, it's just great. naturally. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be this time of year. It really is. Roof is live and the lake. Again, the way I feel is if the fire marshal doesn't have a problem, I say anybody who wants to come in there. <laughs> like, this is we can outrageous. fit a thousand people standing. He's, he's trying to start a riot. As long as it's safe. Yeah. I don't want like a Travis Scott situation, folks. You're gonna get, we're going to have a good time. If, if people are getting cuffed and stuff, you're going to be the first one to go. Like, I'll be honest. I'm going to jump you. on a boat. All right, guys. Great show. <laughs> That's what they expect you to do. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's going to be great. It will also be our 200th 
episode. That's yeah. right. That's incredible. So this is a real celebration we've got going this week. Yeah. Incredible. Well, I know I'm excited. I'm happy to go home. It's and gonna it's, and it's going to be a huge show. I think we're splitting it into two episodes. Like everyone is going to be able to eventually hear it if you can't make it out there, but it's a banger of a 200. Yeah. And I think we'll get some video of it too. You guys can see what's going on. I mean, this thing is, this thing is going to be lights out. Maybe we might even document a little from the road. Oh, you think? Well, I just, you know, we need more uses of the of the ruthless Instagram. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe a document a, a little bit while we're on the well, road. That's a great a little idea. behind the scenes. So I like it. if you don't follow the ruthless Instagram account, it's it's about to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Starting now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's get into the uh, meat of the program. Yes. As we say. Uh, we've saved this uh, for the weekend in some part to just kind of watch the reactions, the predictable reactions of mm-hmm. what's going on. But what we're talking about, of course, is the culmination of basically 50 years of work by grassroots conservatives. And, you know, we'll go through a thank you list of some folks here in a minute. But listen, overturning Roe v. Wade is for the conservative grassroots about as significant a victory as anybody's had in my lifetime i yeah i think it could be the the biggest accomplishment of the conservative movement in my lifetime for sure i mean absolutely incredible and uh, you know and it's i i gotta say like it's even bigger than than roe because at the heart of of the roe decision was what we've often talked about on this show which is like an activist judiciary Mm -hmm. that basically made up a right, a right to abortion in the Constitution where none existed. That's right. They just invented. No, there was there was no precedent that they could cite. They just invented something, and it was. I mean, there are liberal jurists who fundamentally disagree. I mean, RBG was one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Fundamentally disagreed with the reasoning of Roe. So, like, you know, when you're talking to your lib friends, like, keep in mind that there's that side of the story as well it's not as simple as what you hear in the 20 seconds on cable news no and this is where actually like aoc made a couple of rational points over the weekend which has rocked my world where she was saying like look democrats had 60 votes in the senate they had massive majorities in the house of representatives in 2009 2010 they could have codified Roe. Right, like the elected representatives of the, the people of the United States of America could have decided this. Which is where it works in a democracy. Uh-huh. That's it. Right, and, right. And I mean, I, I, you know, that is such a salient point. And it was brought up multiple times over the weekend where, you know, you look at President Obama sends out a tweet of like, oh, my goodness, I feel so bad about this. And then Joe Biden sends out his tweets like, oh, I feel so awful about this. <laughs> and then Nancy Pelosi sends out her fundraising emails of like, oh, you know, time you, to raise time to money. It. Yeah. yeah hot dog meme. And, and that and that's <laughs> the thing is that when when these people had a super majority, when President Obama had a super majority, he didn't act on legislating it. And they have for as much as. The conservative movement has worked from the grassroots level to get rid of Roe v. Wade. It's the exact opposite on the left, where they've basically just used it as like a fundraising drive to dupe well, their grassroots. But that's I, what they've I, done from the beginning with this it. issue. And I have a theory about this, and it's it's pretty simple. It's like they couldn't actually you know, codify Roe because then we'd actually have to dis- have a discussion about what they want. 
Which well, really is abortion on demand up until the moment of birth. Which is horrible. That's actually unpopular. what they want. And, you know, I mean, uh, these libs love to look at Europe and say, well, couldn't we be more like Western Europe Well, in I, our environmental policy and our everything policy? But Europe has far more restrictions on yeah. abortion than the United States. Which is like, why I thought it was while when Macron tweeted, he was like, oh, I can't believe the U.S. would do this. It's like, <coughs> you realize that, like, your laws have been far more restricted uh-huh. than the U.S. has had. On this point, uh, Marjorie Dannefelser, who a lot yeah. of folks know, yes. she's the head of the SBA list. She made Susan this, B. Anthony. Yes, yeah. uh, Susan B. Anthony list. She she made this point on on Twitter that I thought was very interesting. She she said the reason that forty seven out of fifty nations in Europe draw a line at fifteen week abortions because they didn't have a court with Roe v. Wade like ours telling them they Bingo. couldn't. Yeah. So I think that like you're, we're going to see a whole new wave of laws that are not necessarily in line with what the libs are w- screaming they're going to be in line with. Yeah, I, I've also saw some conservative analysis where they're like, look, the analog to Roe is not not Roe. Right. The analog to that is if a conservative court ruled that, that at inception is a life and you're actually punished with the murder statutes in our country like that that would be the analog like conservatives if you decided to just go outside the bounds of law and outside the bounds of what the constitution actually says and just sort of legislate from the bench what your opinion on the issue may be the analog to roe is making life at conception the issue yeah right which nobody has done here yeah and and it's worth pointing out what this does right what this does is basically take this federal precedent that there's just a constitutional right to an abortion, which of course never really existed. And like you said, liberals, I mean, Larry Tribe has talked about this. Yes. Of course that never existed. It was poorly decided from the very beginning. But instead of dealing with nine justices implementing their view of what that ought to be, they remand it back to where it should be within states to regulate how they approach these things, right? So, look, if you're in California or Nevada or what, it makes no difference. You already have this written in your state constitution. Like it's, you have abortions. That's you can have as many abortions as you want to have, Ugh. right? Which is like is sickening. But that's the, that's the reality. Is that most, if not the vast majority of people that are throwing up their hands, concerned about this. They have no change today than they did on Friday. Right. Well, and then you also have um, a lot of libs uh, conflating the decision on Roe and the decision on um, uh, what was the gun? It was the gun um, case um, that invalidated. Heller, oh, New, New York. York. Yeah. Well, but the New York State oh, one that, that came came this period. Um, well, yeah, I mean, regulating the Second Amendment is in the Constitution. Because the Second Amendment yeah. is in the it's Constitution. It's in the Constitution. So it's not the same thing as abortion. Sorry. Well, that's the thing that drives me so nuts about these folks is that and you get a good window into liberal jurisprudence mm-hmm. because they actually don't believe in the Constitution and the laws as no. written. They don't believe in enforcing, interpreting, none of that. And the mask has slipped on this considerably in the last couple of years. It's entirely outcome-based. Yeah. Whatever they think the world ought to look like is what a judge and jury would <laughs> would impose upon the and, American and I, people. And I think that's why that you see that how monumental loss this has been for them is because they've atrophied they haven't had to make any sort of a sound argument they haven't had to make any argument rooted in the constitution to be able to back up that's this opinion as as we, as we already said this is rooted 
in judicial activism. There was no ground for it to stand on to begin with. If you get a chance, listener, read read the first you know page or two of the, point. Of the Alito opinion. He lays this out point by point and gives a little bit of a history lesson for people who are unfamiliar um, of, of how, how basically the court had invented this right that didn't exist in the Constitution. It's fascinating. Highly recommend it. It totally is. It also provides, like you said, a history lesson. And you ought to know the background of this before you have an opinion one way or another, yeah. right? You can be very pro-choice in this country, very pro-life. Listen, I can assure the pro-choice community now that liberals are saying that this is like, you know, going to change the election and everything. I can assure you there are just as many, if not more, pro-life mm-hmm. Americans who are as equally amplified by this decision than any pro-choice person in America. Yes. And if anything, like that is all I fact. saw is just, uh, and rightfully so, the outrage from the left of like, all we're being told by our leaders is, okay, guys, vote harder and donate more. Yeah. When everything that they've been promised is in ruin. Like, if, if you look at what the left's accomplishments have been, outside of judicial activism, I mean, they're just, like, losing across the board. The yes. Constitution basically has been reawakened, thank God, you know, that it's, we have these justices. I can't help but laugh because they have the White House and both chambers of yeah. Congress, and here they are crying. Yeah. It's the long game. Yeah. Right? Oh. And and look, we t- covered this a little bit last week, but the reality is, is that in order for conservatives to succeed, or anybody to succeed, really in any facet of life, you can't just react to the news of the day and think you're making change, or, you know, just try to get a new majority and you know get another tax cut or you have to plan these things over a period of time and what conservatives have done incredibly well is elevate this to an issue where people care about it on the conservative side beyond those just sort of single issue pro-life voters like it's it's an issue it's a republican plank right they've been it has been part of the republican party for a very long time but you also need the ability to implement it everybody knows you're not going to have, like they're now talking about how they're going to have a, a federal abortion ban. Mm-hmm. Republicans have never had 60 seats in the history of the United States Senate. Did you know that? No. Only once have they had more than 55. Like it, it is not going to, you're not going to get a federal abortion ban. What you are going to get is people who strategize a way to bend this issue over a period of time put justices and judges in place to make sound legal legal decisions and ultimately get to a point where you can have a victory like this. This was 50 years in the making. And again, it it just underscores, you know, we've never had 60 senators, but we do have a lot of strong governors. And it shows how governors, yet again, more important than senators, it's going to be an (laughs) issue for the state. (laughs) I think this is like a perfect example of how it's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) perfect example of how you wouldn't have this change without numerous senate majorities hard fought and won by republicans you know you know what i didn't hear over the weekend i didn't hear democrats calling for eliminating the filibuster yeah well that would change things right and some of them do some of them like like uh, elizabeth warren was on uh, cnn saying that she uh, they had a elect two psychos in wisconsin and pennsylvania fetterman and what's his name and and immediately change the filibuster and have a nationwide uh, pro abort, which is so wild because like you'd think they'd have learned the first time about trying to change. I mean, you the just rules have to like, keep playing that McConnell clip on loop. Yeah. The number of times that they play, like, and, and I even brought up that Harry Reid tweet where he was like, "I knew I had to make a change. 
I hope everyone enjoys this. And it's like, oh, the oh, filibuster reform that did not age well. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. yeah, it was a dunkathon this whole weekend. <laughs> I mean, know? that's what it ultimately comes down to. But if you're doing the math, this thing was five four, right? Yeah. It wasn't six three. There's supposedly a six three majority. It's not. You know, Roberts went the other way on this deal. Um, it's a five four thing, and you ultimately go back into the the decision that was made in February of 2016 not to put Merrick Garland in the court, right? Well, I was told, so I was told it's 6-3 because like Roberts' concurrence or whatever. Yeah, his con- I think uh, from what I read, it was that he would agree that the Mississippi statute should be legal, but that he wouldn't go as far as to invalidate Roe itself was basically his, but you know, he tried to have it a third way. He's like Classic. Mr. Compromise. Yeah, right? Classic. Yeah. But, but, I mean, the point remains. Like, sort of like Obamacare survives his attacks. Remember that <laughs> bullshit? Right, right. But even, okay, let's even take it, if it was a 6-3, the first decision that started in February of 2016 not to put Merrick Garland on that court, you saw statements from Merrick Garland over the weekend talking about his view. You know how <laughs> he, he is so out of control, man. Like, if you look at him, this guy has really gone off the deep end. But you know what? It's actually so funny. It's actually the libs who are most angry at him yeah. right now. <laughs> totally. And I think that's the thing is that like they keep pressuring him to get crazier and crazier. Like more Jan 6 stuff. And he gets crazier and crazier and they're like still not good enough. And he's like, what the hell? You want me performing these in an alley? Like, they won't be happy until there's like a guillotine set up in Farragut Square that's here. It. And he's out there presiding over execution. And, and, and I brought this up. It's like, you know, whenever uh, when the right doesn't get its way. We work hard for 50 years at the grassroots level. When the left doesn't get their way, riot. Riots. Like, places downtown, they're boarding up windows. They don't do that if, like, conservatives are mad. It's only like, oh, shit, here we go again. No, and there's Libs this are cra- mad, board the place up. And there's this crazy attempt to justify it, which is just so wild to me, right? Like, no attempt to actually ex- explain to these people what their difference is. Like, what does this mean for you? Right? No, I didn't see any news coverage. And I think that's important because, again, it goes back to the fact that the left has no standing to discuss whether they believe this is a constitutional right because it's not a constitutional right. They've made no arguments for it. All they can do is to whip up their people in a frenzy, get them mad because they just want them to donate. Yeah. Oh, just donate. If you're mad about this, I'm Nancy Pelosi. I'm enraged about this. Can you chip in $20 today? Dude, that's, that's all, it. That's the only play they got for this. But that's the neoliberal reality that yep. we're dealing yep. with, yep. right? It's just this consummate attempt to sort of stay in corporate power for as long as they possibly can. They don't actually care about any of this shit. The only thing they're really good at is spending your money and putting our economy into an absolute oblivion. Yeah. They're really excellent at that. Every single opportunity that they've had that I know of, they've done the exact same thing. They're yeah. really yeah. good at yeah. it, which is what they're doing again. But this now... We've got an entirely different situation. It wasn't just Roe, by the way, which we'll get back to. But this is this court has handed down one banger after another for like three yeah. weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, another. It's just, I mean, it's, it really feels so much like winning on our side lately. Totally, it's just like a great rush. You saw the one just yesterday where the football coach is now allowed to pray at the fifty-yard line. Thank God. And think, that, think about that. Yeah. You guys were joking about uh, Roberts earlier, and I saw a Mary Catherine Ham tweet that was so funny. She said on this religious freedom uh, decision from yesterday that Roberts concurred that uh, the coach was allowed to f- pray at the 30-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> she wow. Is, she is so funny. It's so good. But if not for that decision to not put Merrick Garland on the court, the steadfast support for getting Kavanaugh on that court. Trump filling that. I think that's the thing is it comes down to Trump 
is who we owe all of this to. Oh, he boy. nominated these incredible justices. How many years? It's been 50 years. How many Republican presidents have we had? Who followed up? Who followed through on it? It's it, like, it, at this point, it's but beyond again, a meme of promises made, promises kept. The guy moved the embassy to Jerusalem. The guy got Roe v. Wade overturned. He got those conservative justices. I'm definitely not taking any credit away from happen. him. He did, except the grassroots did something smarter this time than they'd done with any Republican president up to this point. They made him put a list together. And they said, put this list together, a definitive list of 10 justices that you would, judges that you would put on the court, and he stuck to it. And yeah. he stuck to it. Promises and that, promises. that it promises made, promises kept. And that kept, was like an no all-star doubt. list. I mean, the justices that were on that list, it was like, yes, rock solid. We we because I think our side was done with this Roberts BS. They're like, we want like reliable conservative jurists, and we just got three bangers. Well, and because I mean, they know their history, right? Like Kennedy, for example. I mean, great swing vote, but you know, Republican right. president appointed O'Connor. O'Connor, right? Here's the one that that is nobody thinks about, but played a profound, profound part in this. Harriet Myers was mm-hmm. nominated by President George W. Bush to fill the seat that Alito now sits. Yep. Had conservative grassroots activists not demanded that that nomination be pulled and that Alito put in there, do you think you get that? Nope. nope. No. No chance. No chance. No, no chance. I mean, that's a really significant i mean in the arc of history that's a good point that moment is really really because because our grassroots fights for victories and there's cries and riots that's as simple as that that is it that's simple as that a great example so i saw this and i just like i lost my shit so there was this uh on on tiktok which is basically where libs congregate (laughs) when they want to make political movements why not give the chinese first glimpse at what you're working on there was this thing (laughs) there was this thing where they were like these are seven tiktok dances you can do to save roe v wade this came out no (laughs) this came came out this came out when the decision was leaked right when dobbs was leaked and uh subsequently they've updated the article their post row update we acknowledge <laughs> that TikTok dances may not have been the greatest tactic to get the scooters rejected, <laughs> but please understand that this was part of a greater awareness campaign. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was about—just spreading a little awareness. I mean, that's awareness the thing. For cash, that's the thing. That's what it comes down to: is like our grassroots moves the ball. Meanwhile, they're just like they're out of ideas. They're like, I can either TikTok dance or I can throw a brick through a window. Yeah, po- I don't know anything else. Pokemon Go to the polls. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's supposed to, that's supposed to mobilize your your base, and it's like you know, try being a Republican because we deliver W's. W's. Yeah. That's what we do, and that's what motivates our voters. It's also this particular movement never got sidetracked by dumb fuckery, mm-hmm. right? They they never they never were focused on you know cult of personality, dumb stupid stuff that like got them off their core mission. They were very, very focused all the way through. And I mean, you look at the grassroots groups that were a part of this, like Susan B. Anthony List, Judicial Crisis Network. Like these were motivated people who came together. They energized the grassroots, and they didn't let our side forget about it. And they did held oh, our leaders oh. accountable. And they had a great ally in Mitch McConnell, who made judges a priority. And yes, Smug, I am. There you go, Mitch. There you go. This is where I go. They're playing your music, Smug. Somebody, somebody has to give credit where it's due. Somebody literally has to give credit where it's due. Trump, he was a great president. He would not have known that judges was as important of an issue as it was if Mitch McConnell hadn't told him. 
and made it that way. I mean, look, it's by far and away the biggest accomplishment of the Trump administration. There's no question about it. It's not even, you know, the numbers are one thing in terms of reshaping the judiciary and all of a sudden the Ninth Circuit looks a lot like the Fourth Circuit and you have a, just a different federal judiciary. It's quite another when you have a Supreme Court that is delivering monumental, decades-long, generation-long victories, point by point, step by step, in ways that are not easy, easily invalidated. You know, because I'm not dumb enough to, to think that like Republican majorities forever will be able to hold the Supreme Court forever, but they will for a while because of those de- decisions that were made. But ultimately, the legal framework for these things is impenetrable. No, I mean, it's, the arguments another are bonus in- is like credible. Everyone on that list that Trump picked from is like 40 years old. Like all our justices are yeah, exactly. already in like and 40. I think I think the biggest takeaway it, from this is that politics is a team sport. Totally right. You have yep, activists. That, you have people who have been there a right. long time and have seen a lot of things and can give you good advice. And and you have people who have the heft and are the president of the United States who are capable of acting on it. Politics is a team sport, and what Republicans and conservatives did over the last 50 years changed this country for the better. It did. It absolutely did. And nobody was doing it for themselves. Nobody was trying to be a front-runner about this issue uniquely amongst the issues that we deal with on the conservative side, banded together as a team, Mm -hmm. and not so much as a, like, well, this one person cares about that. I mean, it's amazing. That's right. When you take just, like, a second to step away from, like, all the individual politics of, you know, and, and all the noise and everything that's coming from all sides, but, and think, what is occurring is... You know, these conservative justices on the Supreme Court are basically upholding the Constitution. They're like, if it's not in the Constitution, folks, right? It's not happening, right? They're, and this is this is the left pissed off about this because they can't do anything. I they mean, can't say anything. The, the most they, the most they can do is tweet that we need a new Constitution, or the Constitution is a living document that we need to mold and shape based on our <laughs> yes. current values. Shitty argument. Or they're like, totally. they always go back to the same old bullshit of like. Maybe the framers were a bunch of white men and we can't trust them. Like, they just play their hits. They have their, like, little grievances. They got their TikTok dances. But when it comes down to how a country actually functions, how laws actually work, they've got nothing. And that's why they're getting, you know, their asses kicked. They don't do the homework when it comes to the law and the Constitution. They do a lot of homework in terms of politics, which is where they've taken this, right? So if you've read a a newspaper or or watched any sort of political programming over the last three days— the overwhelming part of this decision is, well, this changes the midterms. Well, now, all of a sudden, <laughs> the liberal base, which was down and out, we're now... It's, so you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me the single-issue abortion voters weren't going to show up at this election? Yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Are you kidding me? The, like, the you analysis the dumbest, is so terrible. Yeah. And the journalists who fell for trying well, to report because, this... Dude, they've been scraping the bottom of the bowl looking for good news for Democrats for the last six months. So, of course, every journalist in America is trying to shoehorn abortion into every story now. But, I mean, just imagine, just imagine the kind of voter that shows up in November... Right. And they're like, yeah, I know I'm paying, you know, twice as much for household goods. I can barely afford anything I've got. The crime is all over in my streets. My kids can't get educated in the school. My health care sucks. And the, oh, by the way, the border is completely open and we're sending $50 billion a week over overseas to a war I don't know about. That's right. But you know what I really care about is the fact that I can get abortions weekly after 15 weeks or before 15 Like that voter yeah. you know just I mean? absolutely like, does not exist. Does not exist. And somehow the Dems are pinning all their hopes it's on just it. Just journal wish casting. That's Listen, it. 100%. The, the smartest Dem operatives out there know that this is a vulnerability. They do. 
you. They know that any talk of culture, when everybody is focused on the economy, makes them look like they don't care about the issue of on the tops of minds of voters. And so they they're, they they want to get back to the economy somehow. And, and beyond how foolish it looks for, like I bring up this Pelosi fundraising again and again, because just how foolish it makes them look. They have accomplished nothing for all the <laughs> votes that they've gotten their voters out for, for all the money that they've squeezed out of their supporters. Nothing. They've nothing. delivered nothing. And what's their idea in this moment? Vote harder. Give me more money. That's all they have. And for them to be like, oh, voters are going to be energized. Do you not understand how if you're a supporter and your cause constantly betrays you, has constantly accomplished nothing for you, that like – Every, like uh, they brought up this tweet from Joe Biden this weekend of of this is in twenty uh, October fifth twenty nineteen Roe v Wade is the law of the land and we must fight any and all attempts to overturn it as president I will codify Roe into law and ensure this choice remains between a woman and her doctor that didn't that didn't happen that no, didn't happen when but, Obama but, but had also, a supermajority they don't deliver to their voters no they, they don't. just lie to them but also and they, they don't them. understand the basics Roe v Wade's the law of the land it was never a fucking law bingo it was never law. Never once was it a law. I mean, all they can do, you know, he, he should TikTok dance. I mean, get the same outcome. <laughs> but they're mis- they're misleading. They're mis- they're misleading their voters about something they can't actually execute on. So to think that, like, yes, this is going to engage voters. No, if anything, it's going to bring to their mind how many times am I going to be betrayed by these clowns? Yeah. How many times? Like, I mean, I cannot understand any reporter who takes their job seriously writing a piece about how, like, oh, this is going to energize the Dems. Dude, do you know how difficult, how, how much the average American in this country is struggling right now? Do you not follow any of this? They like, don't. They don't. But, that's, but this is the, so the, my summation point on this is I think as conservatives, this is a lasting lesson for us that we've done something the right way, mm-hmm. right? And there is a, in this, I don't know if it's generational or if it's just in the era of Twitter and social media or whatever, but there is a, I guess a, a push to make all politics like tweet the thing. Yep. Say the thing, right? I'm happy if you say the thing and do the thing. Yep. And whatever tomorrow's thing is, do that thing too. For the, for the left, essentially, their politics is now change your logo to the rainbow one when it's June. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. Do the black square, get the rainbow thing in June. absolutely nothing. But like, they're just like, I just want you to obey. It's all virtue signaling. 100%. And they think that they can intimidate the rest of the country because if you don't do that, you're not, you know, you're racist or you're sexist or and you're homophobic or whatever. And they spent the past weeks trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, thank God they held the line. But like, this is a perfect example of how conservatives, when they don't play the tweet the thing game, when you actually stay focused over a period of time, this is 50 years in the making. It's huge grassroots movements. The largest the largest gathering of activists anywhere on the National Mall on an annual basis is the National Right to Life That's right. March, right? All of those things happen, and you have legislators, senators who get the joke, who actually put in place a strategy to try to get this thing done. It got done. So tweet the thing, makes you feel good in the in the moment. But really, like, you got to have some faith and trust and hold people accountable over a long period of time in order to accomplish anything of this magnitude. You know something you just said, which I think is really important, that that march on the mall, that the pro-life march on the mall every January is the biggest march that happens in Washington every year, but it gets no coverage from the media. The journalists try to hide it. I think they do. And I think that the left also, in addition to posting the signs and posting things on Twitter, they, they confuse publicity mm-hmm. with accomplishment mm-hmm. yeah and publicity is nice you know they I, live I off of you because they control it publicity is a good is a good thing to have if you can get it but it's not everything 
And by the way, that's like the nicest crowd ever. That's like it the is. most pleasant. It's mostly group children. Of people. Honestly, it's an incredible it's like amount of children. It's wonderful. It's it, it really is. Anyway, uh, hats off to the home team. Big win on that deal. Um, did you guys see the guy trying to fight an alligator with a frying pan? I did. So this is <laughs> controversial. You, you should start the story, and I'll explain the controversy. Well, okay. So there's this there's this thing that was going around Twitter, a video of a dude who's got a frying pan in his hand, and this alligator kind of comes at him. Charges. Yeah. He gives it a whack right on the snout, right? This alligator didn't want any part of it after the first whack. I don't know the backstory to any of this, but what is it? So it got tweeted out as, like, people in Florida are just, like, built different, right? Of, like, this is Florida. And and I was like, okay, Florida man strikes again. Because it was incredible. (laughs) Like, the dude... Hammered. Literally, I mean, I thought it could be Florida because the guy did did what the law says. He stood his ground. He had like stood a, his ground. He had like a Dan Quisenberry for those old school <laughs> baseball fans, like a Dan Quisenberry sidearm delivery of the frying pan right to the snout. I mean, he, like it was just so impressive because the guy had zero fear. No, like he has the frying pan. This gator charges him, and it was a straight up charge. These these damn things they can move fast, right? I don't yeah. mess with them. Yeah, they they're can fast. Move fast. He charges right on him. He goes. Just dings him right on the nose and holds it back and just looks at him like, I'll give you, you another. another. Do you want another? Instantly, that alligator turned around and bounced, right? He did not, in fact, want another. And so, you know, everyone's like, man, Florida's wild. Florida man strikes again. Turns out, then the Australians are mad. They're like, this happened in Australia. They oh, they're up, like, it's not Florida they man. Stolen valor. Stolen valor. So they pull up these articles from like two years ago of this guy of in this Australia. Guy? He was an Australian dude. Who stood his ground when, when, when a gator rolled up. We should have known Croc Dundee and the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. They, they have zero fear. So, I mean, if, if you haven't seen the video yet, folks, I highly yeah, encourage check it, it out. It's, it's impressive. Australian man, sort of the Florida man of the rest of the world. Though. <laughs> 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 you know, like it makes sense. That totally tracks. <laughs> so, so true. So true. Um, on another development, we've been meaning to cover this for another uh, at least two weeks now. Uh, the monkey. Yeah. So the cartel monkey, and I love this because McDaniel, who who, who helps put our show together, uh, like he he threw in the Christmas rat thing, which we all hated. No one cares about Christmas rat. Right. He, he was demanding that for the longest time, and he's been trying to get us to withhold because he thinks this is like sad monkey news. He doesn't like sad no. monkey it, monkey news. And then uh, it says because in here his like little don't read this, but I'm going to read this. Yeah. In the air says because the fellas like sad news about monkeys apparently. <laughs> Parentheses, remember the junkie monkey? Yeah. I don't, but junkie monkey no, the is meth a hilarious one. name. Oh, that's right. The that's meth one. Junkie yeah, monkey. Yeah, yeah. That's junkie monkey. Okay. So this is about cartel monkey where like there was a cartel shootout and they found a monkey in a bulletproof vest. <laughs> like it's the damnedest thing I've like ever a seen. Little, like, like, like a little custom made bulletproof <laughs> yeah. vest. Like they, the sort of thing that you would like, you'd put on something at Build-A-Bear. They were, <laughs> they were taking- It looks adorable. They were- <laughs> Listen, these guys were taking care of their boy. <laughs> a Mexican Roll up with Kevlar to build a bear and be like, "What can you do for me?" <laughs> so this is this is from CBS News. A Mexican narco's fascination with exotic animals was on display this week after a spider monkey dressed up as a drug gang mascot was killed <laughs> he in was a shootout. Mascot, mascot for the cartel. Yeah. F- How dare they? <laughs> He wasn't a mascot. Yeah, well, they had, they also had a 450-pound tiger wandering the streets. Nobody took a shot at that thing. Uh, and a man died after trying to put the cap, uh, captive tiger in a cartel-dominated area of this place in Mexico. So <laughs> This is such a wild situation. Yeah, yeah. So so apparently this cartel is rolling around, right? And <laughs> they got like half the zoo and guns just rolling around causing mayhem. They got into a shootout with the local police. 
where 11 drug gang members died. Damn, the cop shot the monkey? Okay. Well, so, yeah, no, no, so, so, but the monkey, dressed in a tiny camouflage jacket and a tiny bulletproof vest, was uh, sprawled across the body of a dead gunman uh, who was apparently his owner. Um, so they'll shoot a monkey, but they won't jump in and try to save school children. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> it's Mexican police. I mean, it's like, you know, the monkey's going to get it. It's running with the wrong crowd. <laughs> I mean, this thing is, I want to know, though, did the, did, it was in a camouflage, it's supposed to be bulletproof, right? So, I mean, like. Okay, the image is amazing. Because, number one, this is CBS News that's covering this. This is like a big time news organization oh, yeah. covering it. The image of this monkey, it's like a camouflage vest yeah <laughs> it yeah. looks like fucking build a bear look i i think what it says is these feder- <laughs> these federales are absolute marksmen yeah because i mean it's a spider monkey clearly he's moving around yeah you don't want to and you, as you've pointed out a number of occasions smug you don't want to let that thing get inside on you oh no no wait you gotta uh, take it out from afar these images i cannot tell you enough they've even, oh my gosh so like i don't know if anyone is familiar with like you know cartel ephemera and such but like if if a local cartel person is killed, you know their their friends and such will will put together these like you know gone too soon kind of like I don't know if folks remember like the Master P like album covers they're kind of yeah. like Hell those yeah. you know and so then apparently this monkey got his I'm showing it to the folks in the studios where they put them up uh, oh with angel wings <laughs> yeah. and that's him with the that's him with the vest it's the vest it's with the vest <laughs> oh god this is the like the worst. The worst homicide of an animal since Harambe. I mean, telling you that doesn't look like build a bear. That looks like build a bear. The poor thing's got a diaper on and everything. Yeah. This was I, someone's pet. This <laughs> is a cartel man. I don't, I don't know how. They, I don't know how they got him. His head's the size of a tennis ball. That's Can you imagine how fast he was like running yeah. on all fours and and the moving vest, around? The vest covers a significant portion of him. So like some skeet shooting right there. <laughs> I mean, that's very impressive when you bring it up. Like. One of those federales can hit anything. Seriously, if he could hit that monkey and hit anything. Because that's the thing. And, 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 and like, if you look at the size of this monkey, it's a tiny little thing to begin with. And the vest is easily seventy percent of the monkey. Totally. Somehow he got it. <laughs> Amazing shot. Uh, all right. So let's get back to a little bit of a, a real deal here. We had uh, Joe Biden at the G seven, and this was the worst paragraph in journalism. For those of you who followed me on Twitter, I had a heyday on this over the weekend, but this is the worst paragraph that I've seen in journalism in quite some time. Um, He's talking about how Biden is going and trying to defend human rights or whatever at the G7. But the Supreme Court's decision Friday to end nearly five decades of federally guaranteed right to an abortion in America (laughs) was a seismic shock to the country and further evidence for world leaders of democratic backsliding in the United States. They per- the perceived regression in American democracy. I'm not making this shit up. Yeah, this is an actual, I'm, I'm like looking at it, it's just unbelievable. Which survived an insurrection in January 2021 and remains deeply polarized could undermine Biden's process- proselytizing. Uh, I can't even Proselytizing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the importance of freedom at two major summits this weekend in Europe. Unbelievable. I mean- Wow. It's like there's so there's a million things wrong with that. There's a million things wrong. I mean, with first that. of all, like the majority of Europe has a 14-week or 15-week abortion ban. Yeah. yeah, so let's start with the misunderstanding of like totally. the world leaders that he's dealing with yep. and the laws that they have, right? Let's just start with that. Didn't have to read apparently or Google Couldn't so much Google it. to Couldn't make Google. that. This assumption. is the LA Times by the way, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Secondly, the Democratic backsliding that they're talking about is taking a law that was made by unelected Supreme Court justices in the 70s and returning it to Democratic elected yeah. representatives. That's undemocratic. Yeah. That's undemocratic. <laughs> right? That's undemocratic. When you follow the Constitution and let the states decide, that's when democracy dies. That's when. De- so, but it's a regression. Mm-hmm. It's a regression. A regression in American democracy. Because they want to shoehorn in abortion into this story about the G7 and then also like expand the scope to this like threat of democracy January 6th bullshit. This is like a liberal fever dream it's paragraph. Wild. Yeah. Right? Wild. So while you were while you were tossing baseballs to your kid over the weekend, yeah, with one hand, yeah, I was reading. You were relentlessly crushing That's this the way to LA do it. Times order with another, and and what happened? You got a result. Yeah, well, a few of the fellows uh, that are, are are all friends of the program jumped on this uh, with me, including Smug. I think you jumped in on this, and I know you were in on it. Oh yeah. Um, and we were, you know, like we we're handling kids and dealing with this and whatever. And next thing you know, the paragraph disappears. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> you gotta love it. It disappeared. Magic. 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 What an amazing thing, though. But just like put a capstone on that. The effort to equate abortion with democracy is a next level deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a prime example of what's happened to the left is. They no longer are rooted in any sort of reason for their arguments. It's everything is just basically a slogan that they say ten times out loud, you know. And to them, then it becomes fact. Like, right. Like uh, I remember, who, who, who was it? The, uh, one of these left wing groups a couple of years ago tweeted out that I was like, "Men can need an abortion. Men can need an abortion. Men can need an abortion." Like ten times, like thinking it's true as long as you just repeat it in all caps, right? And the fact is. That has had such a, a debilitating effect on the left. They have atrophy. They have no basis for their arguments anymore. All they can do basically is just like shout a slogan repeatedly in, in caps and think that that makes it true. And it absolutely just doesn't. And so they're led to these crazy ideas of like, oh, well, abortion equals democracy. How? How? <laughs> Show me in the dictionary. It's just so bizarre. It's just bonkers. Their arguments suck. And it's the reason why they're in this in the first place right and they're not gonna by the way they're not gonna have any luck i know that they're all focused now on state legislatures they're not gonna have a lot of luck if they bring these arguments and that's the thing is like you know speaking of the conservative grassroots who have spent the past 20 years super focused at the state level yeah good luck there good Good luck luck. there just trying to shout a slogan wear something ridiculous not gonna work it's absurd uh let me give you a quick red wave update there was a story in axios over the weekend where the gop gained over one million voters <laughs> in warning for democrats more than 1 million voters in 43 states switched to the republican party last year while 630,000 became democrats this is according to the ap and you know actually shout out to to those 630,000 democrats i hope the afterlife is treating you well <laughs> 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 the party switchers was most significant in the suburbs where well-educated swing voters who didn't support former President Trump in 2020 appear to be returning to the Republican Party. See, this just this kind of stuff just makes sense. It's like, it, it, like you, you look across basically everything that we know about the body politic in America right now. The economy is king, right? The economy is king. Right. And you've got a whole bunch of voters who, you know, didn't like style when it was okay where style was a thing, right? Style's a thing 
and things like climate change are a thing mm-hmm. and all these like vanity liberal issues are a thing when the core parts of America are nothing to worry about. Yep. You right. know, when your economy's yep. fine, your 401k is doing That's what it's you, doing. Like, it's, you, you have wall to wall protests and all this bullshit when, when Trump is president of like, oh my God, this guy is a dictator. How many dictators have, have, have care about elections, right? Like it's absurd. <laughs> but you had wall to wall protests. You had all of them like, you name the left-leaning cause, demand justice, all of them spun up under Trump because everything was going great. Right. They needed you know? distractions. They had to distract the electorate Bingo. with stuff that doesn't matter. And, like, good luck trying to get any traction when everyone in America is paying twice as much as they were for anything a year ago. Right. I say this to my Democratic friends. I hope you've got a lot of energy about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. I hope you spend the rest of the of the election cycle talking about Roe v. Wade. Yep. Because while you're talking about abortion, the Republican Party is going to be talking about how to get food onto plates. Yep. And housing prices down and costs of mm-hmm. goods down and and all the things that actually matter to the American people. And they're going to be lost on that because they're talking to AOC and Elizabeth Warren about how Latinx voters in some you know, urban it's amazing. Areas. Like, like AOC keeps weighing in on shit, and I love that journals amplify her messaging. She was on Meet the Press. Yeah, she is so oh. out of step. I with, hope she runs the, for president. Yeah, She's so out of oh, her eyes are on the wrong issue at all times. Like she was like, just because polling shows ninety seven percent of Latinos don't want to be called Latinx doesn't mean we don't call them Latinx. Call them Latinx. <laughs> okay. Yes, have her tell them what to do. They're they're reinforcing white them. They're reinforcing white supremacy. Yeah, <laughs> and so like when 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 and and here's the other thing someone pointed out is as soon as the decision came out from the Supreme Court, <clears throat> AOC runs out to the Supreme Court. She gets a bullhorn. She's shouting. I invite everyone. You should Google the photos of her there. Smile on her face because she found a way to make it about herself. Yeah. All she wants is the attention, folks. How, what, name, name a policy issue AOC has gotten across the finish line. Not what has she gotten done? They've got, they've got the White House, they've got the Senate, they've got the House, and she can't move the ball. She's the living, breathing representation of what you described before. People just virtue signaling mm-hmm. on the left and, and confusing that for accomplishment. Like, she is the flesh and blood version of those signs you see in front of people's house. In in this house. In this house. We believe in science is real. <laughs> which is it, it basically live, laugh, love. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is the live, laugh, love sign for it's the live, modern laugh, live. love when your brain is, like, really broken. It's like, it's the, pottery barn sign that you hang in the living room and 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 guess what <laughs> guess what that doesn't that doesn't get you an accomplishment it does not get you anything no it gets you publicity on a left-leaning tv show but nobody I mean, I have, nobody I have, listens I have, to I've her never seen series. someone in that state of joy as aoc with her bullhorn surround the crowd hanging by her every word she's like yes this I've is made my it time. about me this is my time i love it all right so fellas i think we did it just a a huge reminder we are going to be in minnesota we're going to be at tequila butcher this place sounds amazing we've got an amazing list of guests which you're going to be very excited to see and hear for those of you who are in person i can't wait to meet you and and talk to you but this is going to be it's going to be a blast and until then i think we i think we did it absolutely outstanding work gentlemen thank you so much and god bless our supreme court who held the line so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.